your holiday centerpiece, the Cozy Corner has something for you. Enjoy complimentary treats as you walk through our winter wonderland and we'll help you find what you've been looking for. We'll see you on November 15th at the Cozy Corner gift shop at the hospital main entrance. It's fall. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. You can't go wrong when you turn to the Sheridan Commercial Company for helpful supplies for fall projects like weather stripping, caulking, insulating, and heat taping, finishing up any exterior painting and staining projects. Make sure to check all your smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, as well as checking your fire extinguishers. We're your locally owned hardware store and have been since 1892. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway, open seven days a week. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Desperado Dave here with Sheridan Honda and Power Sports and First Northern Bank Pro Football Pick'em. Here's what happened this week on KROE. We're missing Candice Ice Baby. She texted me yesterday, said she's traveling. Uh, she said it's probably a good thing because of her score. <laughs> she wanted <laughs> to miss the point. ice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start with you, Dave. Denver travels to Tennessee. I have to pick Denver. <laughs> you picked Denver? I, I got to. What were we just talking I, about? I the just, people? I'm yeah. a true fan. <laughs> 90% of the people are picking Tennessee, Dave. Well, okay, where are, where are you, James? Um, I actually agree with Dave. Hopefully. I think this is the week. I, I got a feeling, but if I am wrong, I, I, will, I will grill myself. If I'm wrong. Really? Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you done myself. now? You'll grill yourself. Yeah. You'll grill yourself. I, I'll grill myself. <laughs> okay. We're live every Wednesday at 7.40 a.m. on KROE 103.9. Play along with us for a chance to win a prize valued at $100 every week. Make your picks at Pro Football Pick'em on the contest page on sharedmedia.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, from dancing or acting to costume design, stage management, choreography, and lighting, Sheridan College offers an outstanding theater and dance program that provides students with the skills that they need to succeed in the industry. To showcase all the talented students and the staff at the College Within the Theater and Dance program, an upcoming dance festival will begin on November 18th. To talk about this festival from the Sheridan College Theater and Dance program, I am joined by Dr. Lauren Graffin Estrada and Stephanie Koltiska. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. Go ahead and pull that mic out right in close. To, uh, it's uh, pretty chilly out there. You guys staying warm this morning? 
Trying. Trying. <laughs> Doing our best. Yeah. It's time to break out the long underwear. I had right. to break out my silky long underwear this morning. <laughs> it's pretty nice stuff. Uh, the military hooked me up with it. Believe it or not, it works better than just about anything that I've ever had. And it has been a while since I've had either one of you on. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? We'll start with you, Stephanie. Okay. Um, well, I moved back to Sheridan after a performing career across the United States. And um, they had a, an amazing theater program here, but they were missing dance at the college. And was really inspired to create a program um, that went along with the theater Um to have a place for young dancers to continue dancing in our community. Now, I, I think the last time you were on, I asked you, but I'm going to ask you again. What was your favorite place to perform when you were touring? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. What was it about San Francisco? Um, I guess, you know, San Francisco was my first really big break, I guess I would say, the first time that I really felt like I had made it as a performer. Um, and I was connected with the first company that, that I worked for for a long period of time. And she was so inspiring and still continues to inspire me today in my own choreography and my work in the studio. Are you still able to to get out there and, and dance quite a bit now that you're more of like a, an instructor? Um, I wish I was dancing more, but I did just have a baby, so I'm kind of doing the mom thing. Slows you right down now. a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, someday I feel like it's never too old to jump back into it, so that's my hope. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Doc, how about you? Yeah. Um, well, I, um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland, so I started my career there. I lived in England for a period of time, came back into the PhD in Northern Ireland, lived in California for a while, worked there in um, a couple of different colleges and then took the job at Sheridan College. So I've, um, I've been around. What, <laughs> what was it about dance and theater that really attracted you? Um, I always preferred the arts and the humanities. I was a really good student, but I felt like that was where I fit. I distinctly remember taking chemistry class and smacking my head off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, so it was where I felt like I fit. I felt like it was where I could um, really think deeply about things, where I could really express myself. Um, so that was kind of where I find my fit, and I find it pretty young. I think kind of the first performance I remember, I was about 10 years old and was a lead role in the school production, big moment in my life, Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, it was because I felt like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. I want to keep doing this. So I just kept doing it. Um, and never stopped. How often uh, do you sit with your students and talk about like the philosophy of dance as a performing art? Uh, I, I know that's kind of a, a very broad spectrum there, but I mean, I mean, you know, when people think dance and, and, and those types of performances, they don't think like there is an underlying philosophy behind it, something right. very human about movement. And, and if we really want to go back, yeah, I would think that this is probably one of the first performing arts right. to ever emerge in, in all of humanity. Well, they say that dance is a universal language, right? And so unlike Lauren, I was a horrible student. Um, and dance was the only place I really felt like I could be myself and communicate, even though I wasn't able to, you know, always find my words or, you know, study the way that I would have liked to. Dance was the place that I was able to find that. And so I think maybe we talk 
not necessarily about deep philosophical ideas, but we do talk about how this movement is a universal language and we can really find something more within ourselves if we move through space. Um, And I think even the students that come to me that have never danced before, it's always fun to watch them find something interesting for themselves. It may take a while, but they always do. Is it is it fascinating to watch somebody suddenly watch that light bulb yes. kind of just it's the best pop. part of our job? Yes. Yeah. Where all of a sudden they're like, wow, mm-hmm. I can express myself without saying a word mm-hmm. just by, like you said, moving through space itself. Yeah. Well, I teach theater, so it's a little different. We do talk. <laughs> but I think the the commonality, commonality that we both have in the classroom is that the best moments are when you get to watch growth, when you get to watch students discover who they are and how to express themselves. And you can see changes in their body and how they carry themselves through the world. I think for me, that's the best part of the job. It definitely keeps us going. I think yeah. the inspiration, yeah. seeing the students find that for themselves. It's pretty cool. Do they do they perform differently after that light bulb hits? Maybe yeah. maybe all of a sudden now they don't mind being a tree or, or <laughs> you, know, you see what I'm saying? But I mean, that is like a practice. And I think a lot of people don't understand that during some of those practices. Yes, I'm trying to get you to drop these uh, barriers that we've all put up. You know, yeah. you're not going to go around being a tree mm-hmm. after you turn probably 13 years old because you start <laughs> right. to get embarrassed. Well, I need you to drop that. I need you to be the tree, you know? And so these exercises serve a fantastic purpose. And I've just always wondered, after that light bulb pops on, if all of a sudden those barriers are just gone and you see like a rebirth. No. (laughs) Because we have several, right? We all have several barriers. I will say that once... when when students come in they take a beginning acting class and that, um, that class is really built around improv. And we look at this idea of how to return to our capacity to play, how to return to just saying the first thing that comes into our head without feeling the need to filter everything we say. And I will say after taking that class, it can be really transformative for a lot of people, particularly people who struggle to kind of be present in the moment or who tend to overthink and have learned to be hypercritical about what comes out of their mouth. Um, You do see a kind of transformation But as you go through a two-year program, you know, we have so many things that, so many habits, so many things that we struggle with. Just one light bulb is great, but we, you know, we need 20. Yeah, yeah. And um, those keep happening. And I think they still happen for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Teaching, you know, we're constantly learning. We have a different cohort of students all the time. They teach us new things. We're having our own light bulbs. So we have this kind of continuous growth that's always happening. Um. But yeah, it's not like one day everything clicks and yeah. you're done. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. Lifelong learning. That that you you continue just just as they do, oh, yeah. uh, and and each new class brings its new challenges, but its new lessons as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I, I've always been fascinated by that when it comes to teaching. That ninety percent of the time you are in a way a student of your of your own lessons. And if yeah. you, the second you stop learning, you should probably stop teaching. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. Because then that passion kind of kind of goes out the yeah. door. Yeah, and uh, I need that, especially you know, if as a student uh, throughout my years, I could tell what teachers uh, who who taught me who were still there, yeah. you know, and then the other ones who had already kind of checked out. Yeah, and those were my favorite classes, you know. And believe it or not, learning about uh, you know 
fungus and 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 <laughs> and mushrooms and and things like that i can remember the passion of my mm-hmm. teacher and holy cow because yeah. of that now i'm i love them right. <laughs> you know like right. it's a fascinating subject yeah. but she's the one who passed that flame yeah mm-hmm. and and if you can't pass that flame boy it, it is time to time to hang it up now now speaking of uh, of students what inspired the development of the theater and dance festival. Is this an annual event that we've held before, or is this uh, something brand new? This is something brand new. I love brand new. It kind of came out of out of nowhere. Um, it came out of needing to figure out how to uh, find space for yeah. all of the shows that were happening, and came up with this great idea. I think it actually was Lauren's idea. Um, Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I'm like, maybe. maybe it was Dr. Bergman. It might be Dr. Bergman. <laughs> Any, anyway, it was, it was whoever came up with the idea. Um, we kind of latched onto it and thought, what a great idea. Why haven't we been doing this even to some small capacity? Um, and it just happened to work out that the professional company, dance company that's coming here to perform at the Whitney Center for the Arts wanted to perform the same weekend that Lauren yeah. has her uh, department show. So we made a festival. The festival was born. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Now, tell me about what's going to take place on opening day. Okay. So we have the theater show this year is Pool No Water by um, Mark Ravenhill. We have it happening at 2 p.m. Then we have a drinks reception at 5 p.m. And then we have another, the same production again at 5 p.m. And then we have, or at 6 p.m., sorry. And then we have Dance Iquil at 7 p.m. on the Friday. Now, what is Pool No Water? This is by Mark Ravenhill. Yeah. And this is this performance is for uh, adults only. This is yes, dealing is. with some more adult themes. <laughs> it is. What so is this? Pool No Water is um, it was actually initially performed in 2006. So Mark Ravenhill is a kind of crazy famous playwright um, in England. He's part of what has become known. It's He didn't choose this title. I think it was very much applied to him. He's become part of what was known as the In Your Face Theater movement, which I think the title kind of lets you know the work of these playwrights were known as being particularly in your face. Um, and it was really, they worked through the 90s and the early 2000s. Their work was kind of quite confrontational, and but also very interesting, very complex um, in how it's formed and often included some really challenging ideas that hadn't been seen on stage before. So Pill No Water is kind of part of that movement. I would say it's not Mark Ravenhill's most challenging and confrontational piece. (laughs) He definitely gets more challenging, but it is for adults only because it has adult themes, adult language. It is for grown-ups. So it's a little bit different. Last semester, you know, we performed a a children's musical to a thousand kids across Sheridan District 2, and this semester, we're only having grown-ups in the room because of the content. What do the students think about that? Yeah, um, excitement and nerves. Because yeah. if you look at a lot of the shows that happen in Sheridan, we are very focused on kind of family shows. Um, we see a lot of musicals. We see a lot of kind of romantic comedies. Uh, they haven't really been exposed to this type of work before, and I think that's why it's important, because when they transfer to a four-year institution, I want them to feel prepared. Yeah, I don't want them to feel like um, they haven't ever met challenging material before, because this is maybe not typical for Sheridan, but it is for larger cities and worldwide. I mean, this was published in 2006. You know, it's not it's not new, the type of content. So um, I want to make sure that when they leave me, they feel they feel ready to 
to take on some more challenging material. And also I think it's important for audiences to have the opportunity to see that too, to see things that are for adults, to see things that really make you think, you know, mm-hmm. raises a bunch of kind of very interesting questions. Um, so yeah, that you have the opportunity to go to some more mature work. And, it, you know, I think that's great because it is, it's, it's important and it's great to, and, and you both have children. We all have kids in the room. Yeah. It's great to have that family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, component. But then if I'm going to take my wife out, I'm not going to go to a kid's show. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to a, a, a performance or, or a movie that is going to make us think about something mm-hmm. and, and really reflect and maybe have a conversation on the way home. Absolutely. Something that m- maybe we haven't talked about before. And if I was a student up there performing this, that is something that you really have to know how to approach. Yeah. Uh, because I think when just about any adult theme, if it's not done right, can be can just flop. Uh, and 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 I'm I'm talking like philosophically. You know, if you come out and you know where to put the curse word. how to inflect (laughs) your voice during, you know what I mean? Then it it Mm -hmm. carries a different meaning and it's not empty, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and we all know what I mean when I say like a, an empty approach to something like that. Yeah. And I think it raises, you know, we talked earlier about this idea of the philosophy of the work. It raises important questions about, you know, what theater's for historically and what it's been for in, in the contemporary world. And sometimes it's for entertainment and sometimes it's actually to challenge you, make you think, you know, we're f- theaters famous for pushing boundaries that then get Im- implemented into film. Yeah. We, we do it first. We always have. So it's really important to remember that that's part of what we do is we pose challenging questions. We push the form. Um, we're here to do that. And we're there's definitely a role for entertainment, but sometimes we have to go back to what um, the purpose of theater has been for so long. And that is to, you know, if we look back to ancient Greece, our purpose was to think about civic questions and question our role in the world in relation to the gods. You know, it was very much those big philosophical questions. Aristotle's writing about the form of tragedy. That's where we began. So it's nice to kind of get us back to a space where we're challenged, we're thinking through these big questions again. And sometimes we don't think about things until the mirror has been held up Mm-hmm. And we have to look at it and go, eh, maybe we should address this <laughs> yeah. or that. Yeah. Uh, now, moving on, and I'm probably going to slaughter this name. Help me out here, Steph. I quell. I quell. Okay, I quell. thank you so much. Yes. All right. What is the dance I quell? Um, dance I quell, uh, I'm beyond excited to have this company here. This is an incredible opportunity for our community. Um, I quell Shahid is the... Um, the artistic director, he formed this company. Um, it's a 21st century cutting edge dance company um, that was really birthed to educate and empower talented dancers that really come from communities that are underserved. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, what are we going to be, uh, what are we going to see performance wise? Oh, man. It's, you guys are in for a surprise because I am as well. He's bringing his all male cast. Um, we are. We've talked about different ideas for our community. He's really interested in sort of spreading the word of social justice and kind of bringing up these political uh, political ideas through his work. Um, and 
yeah, I, I think it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Wow. So, so this entire festival is really mm-hmm. something. Uh, we're going to go there. We're going to see uh, a, a performance dealing with adult themes. And we're going to see dance performance uh, from probably a point of view that yeah. we haven't Correct. really been exposed to a lot Correct. here within this county, which I think is fascinating yeah. and needed. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is culture. Yeah. yeah. So Iqbal's work has actually been funded by the National Endowment of the Arts to actually take his work on tour across the United States because they saw so much importance in the work that he was sharing. So we're one of the first tours. Oh, wow that this company is taking this particular work on. So yeah, it's very exciting. I can't believe we got it here. We got him here. Um, He's a good friend of mine. So it's going to be amazing. That's fantastic. All right. We'll have more with Dr. Lauren Graffin Estrada and Stephanie Koltiska from the Sheridan College Theater and Dance Program when we return. This is Public Pulse on 930K. 103.9 FM, Sheridan. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. How do you feel about pancakes? I love pancakes. Well, then I've got good news for you. We're kicking off Black Friday with a pancake breakfast from 7 to 9, and it's only $5 a plate. Oh, that's exciting. But wait, there's more. We will have a live auction at 9.30 a.m. with Cars and Power Sports starting at only $500. It is Black Friday. But wait, Tommy, there's actually more. We partner with local businesses to give attendees a coupon book to keep your Black Friday shopping local. We'll kick off your Black Friday at Sheridan Honda. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive-thru workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Get your $1 any size hot coffee with caramel paired with a sausage McMuffin. Right now, buy one sausage McMuffin and get another one for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. When it comes to Wyoming outdoors and your love of it, bragging is not too big a word to use. Bragging rights can be as small as a photo of a mule deer in your backyard or a picture of a Yellowstone cutthroat you caught on an elk hair caddis up to a trophy bull elk. CNB Operations and John Deere bring you the Bragging Rights Photo Contest on Sheridan Media's contest page on SheridanMedia.com. Just enter any photo of your Wyoming outdoor experience, big game, fish, bird, climbing, hiking, biking, or horseback, and you could win a $300 bone-handled hunting knife with a million-year-old chunk of mastodon ivory in the handle from Buckaroo Blades. Plus, you could win a huge prize package from CNB Operations simply by stopping into the store on Heartland Drive and signing up. CNB Operations, in the name of bragging rights, will donate $1,000 to the Wyoming Outdoors Federation to help make sure we keep our Wyoming outdoors what it has always been. 
You know, the pioneers crossed the vast wilderness in covered wagons, yet today a lot of their offspring actually have to set alarms to remind them when to drink water. If you're needing water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in locating water, drilling and pumps, even solar-powered water wells. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the Country Bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. 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 Download your favorite Share to Media radio station app to your smartphone. It's easy, and you can listen to your favorite station anytime and any place right from your phone. Type in sharetomedia.com forward slash app. Choose the station you want to download, select install, wait for the app to download. Listen to your favorite Share to Media radio station anywhere, any place, anytime. Sharetomedia.com forward slash app. Sharetomedia.com forward slash app. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, from the Sheridan College Theater and Dance Program, I am joined by Dr. Lauren Graffin Estrada and Stephanie Koltiska. We're discussing the upcoming Theater and Dance Festival, which will begin at 2 p.m. on Friday, November 18th, and it's going to run through Saturday. This is going to be a festival of culture, folks. Head on out there. See something new. Now, can you give us the, the schedule of the festival once again? Yep. The theater performance, the first one's at 2, and there's a drink re- drinks reception at 5 p.m. There's another theater performance at 6, and then Dunside Quill at 7 p.m. on the Friday. Now, when it comes to that, how long did it take for all of this to develop from the, f- the, the moment when someone said, you know what, we should just include all of this into a festival, to... Okay, we're ready to go. I mean, do you ever feel ready to go? (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is what's funny is that Lauren and if something's thrown at us, I feel like we just are able to make it happen without a ton of, we just make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. We work really well together. (laughs) Not standing around the whiteboard too long. No. Yeah. No. No. No, we go we're for doers. it. Yeah, we're doers. I like that. See, <laughs> now, do you do you feel that within an art and performance type of community that the, it's that approach is is better? Uh, it, because yes. you know, like it, we think about science and okay, we need to be methodical and practical in all of the applications of X, Y, and Z. Where artists and performers are like, nope, just give me a stage or <laughs> give me a canvas and get out of my way. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes, but there are, you know, times where the mismanagement of time definitely happens, you know, where <laughs> yeah. people stand around and talk for a little, a little too long. It's uh-huh. best to get up and start doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that definitely happens. I think um, there is an art to spreading out your work ac- across the course of preparation for a show. We see a lot of times everything get crammed into that last week. Yeah. Um, which is highly stressful, and I don't, re- I do not recommend that approach <laughs> if it can be avoided. Um, so yeah, it's definitely better to to do as soon as you can and spread that work out. How long have the students been rehearsing for this performance? Since August. Since, since August. August. Yeah. So they meet three day, three evenings a week. And we've been going since August. Now, we discussed, I got a question here, but we pretty much kind of discussed why Pool No Water was chosen. Um, And and I really, I really like the reason. Um, Folks, this is, if you're just joining us, it's, it 
deals with some more adult themes, but uh, it was chosen because of that reason. Um, you know, it's great to have family performances, but at the same time, I'm not going to go to a family performance. You know, my my kid is grown up. She's She's gone off to college, so my wife and I would go to something. Now, when it comes to something like dance, I quail. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, why was this chosen to to be featured as a as a dance troupe within the festival? Uh, you know, you worked you worked with them in the past, mm-hmm. um, but what was it about this where you were like, you know what, I need to bring this to Sheridan? So I just feel like it is really important work that um, I don't know has necessarily been seen here in in our community. Um, Iquel and I have known each other for a long time. I know his work really well, and I know how powerful um, and just how mind-blowing his choreography is, his dancers, and and the content of his work, I just think is so powerful um, and really important right now. So I'm, I am excited that he'll be joining us. The relevancy. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that can't be denied in, in this country. Now, when it comes to teaching performances dance performances, the new students, how do you accomplish that? um, So, because I think when it comes to dance, is there a lot of opening for interpretation? Or when someone says, you're going to do this performance, you've got to nail it. Okay, I need to move this way. I need to kick now. I need to flurry this way. How do you do that? So every choreographer works differently, for sure. And I, I can share, you know, what I do and how I've started to approach my own work with students. I do leave things and room for interpretation because I think it's important for students to then um, have ownership of what's happening when they're on stage. It feels more real, more human for them if they have they have some sort of say in maybe how they they get themselves off the floor. So, so I do leave space for interpretation. Um, that's not always the case for, for some companies. Um, you know, you'll have choreographers that have a vision in mind and you need to create that vision with your body. That's your job. And I, I do try to remind my students that, you know, in my space, yeah, we can we can talk. I think it's important as an instructor, you know, in a college setting to discuss what we're doing and give them an opportunity to speak. But I also try to remind them, you know, if you you move on and you join a company somewhere else, your job as the performer is to create their vision, to make their vision come to life. Your job is not to come up with an interpretation a lot of times. So I have to be really receptive and um, open to listening to what a director is asking. Yeah. And I've, I've just always, I've never danced. Uh, <laughs> when I did, it was horrible. It was for charity. No, I doubt it. A lot of people got some good laughs out of it. Uh, money was raised. That was the good point. But I, I've, I've never, uh, and I haven't attended like a lot of dancing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that as like a performance art and that sense of ownership, it's, the, it's not something that I have explored mm-hmm. a lot. When, when you were dancing professionally, what did you like better? Was it more of a, I like to interpret this in this way, or was there a bit of relaxation when somebody said, I need you to do it X, Y, Z, and you thought, okay, well, I can do X, Y, Z, and I don't have to insert anything? Such an interesting question, because going back to saying San Francisco was my my favorite place to perform, um, 
I was actually working with two companies. One was a company that let me have some freedom in interpretation. And the other one was my way or no way, you know? Um, And so I had both. And I think maybe that's why I loved it so much because I was able to experience both of those. Um, And then I kind of found where, you know, later in my own performing career that I lived in between that space a little bit, but I love both. And I think that's why San Francisco was so appealing to me as I had the opportunity to do this work that had to be a certain way. And this other work that had space for improvisation on stage, improvisation in the moment, um, which is not all dancers love, but I think it's, there's a sense of freedom. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, when that light bulb goes off, I think there's a sense of finding what it means to be human. Like you see someone actually not be a robot and they yeah. become human. They become human in their acting when the, the movement becomes more real. They become human on stage and the story can be told. Um, it's just different. I think one thing that always gets me about um, plays is the actors having to emote, you know, really emote, get it out there. Uh, For me, I can understand why, you know, hey, emote for the guy in the back. But at the same time, you know, it it removes me from from the reality of what the play is. So I, I, my personal preference when I'm watching is is more of a natural type of movement, less of an emote from individuals. Uh, how do you feel, Doc? Yeah, it's interesting because I have a lot of students who say things like, oh, we have to play it for the person in the back. I've never, ever used that approach. I think it's more typical of musical theater and American musical theater. I can understand that, the kind of um, heightened form of expression that you get with that. But when it comes to straight drama, no, we don't. Um, I often talk about the joy from Friends based you know how Joy from Friends, if you're familiar with the show, um, demonstrates his act and he does happy face, sad face, angry face. And it's so um, ridiculous and really difficult to believe yeah. that this idea that when we try to play angry, that it it just feels disingenuine, right? It doesn't look angry, does it? Yeah, it, no. it looks comedic. Um, so we don't we try we call that play in states and we try to avoid that in in acting technique. Instead, what we ask them is, you know, what's really going on here? What do what what do they what do they really mean when they're saying this? And how does it make you feel when someone says that to you? And it's about being receptive and allowing that kind of emotional impact to happen. And also thinking about you know as a character, what do you really want here, and how are you going to get it? motivations right yeah it's a lot to do with motivations and tactics to get there and you know maybe play the tactic instead of the state yeah absolutely okay one more question and i'll let you go stephanie do you feel that in this day and age maybe maybe even a bit of a resurgence after COVID, is dance becoming more popular through the midwestern states as a form of entertainment performance art have you seen that change within your time in the profession? Yeah, I mean, I sure hope so. I feel like dance has always had small audiences um, because I think sometimes it's hard hard to understand. So we understand, so you think you can dance. It's for this performance value. It's for us seeing like the amazing tricks that you can do. When we have these professional dance companies come in that for some reason they've always been, I don't know, they're, they're smaller audiences. Mm. And, and I'm, 
I think that's changing and I really hope that it is. Um, it's just a different art form. And I, I think that if audiences can remember to come in without expectation, just come in and, and watch. You don't have to know the story always. I get that a lot. Well, what's the story? I don't understand. Maybe it's okay that you don't. Yeah. Just come and take it in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think it's changing. I hope that it is. Um, we're just going to keep bringing amazing stuff here for you guys. And I hope that people start to take advantage because I think it's an awesome opportunity. All right. Now, uh, one more time. When will the festival begin? And do I need tickets? Yeah, you do. So festival begins on Friday. First theater shows at 2 p.m. Uh, drinks reception at 5 p.m. Uh, second show is at 6 p.m. And then Dance Like Well is at 7 p.m. And what time do they perform on Saturday? So Dance Like Well has two shows. Um, the, the Friday, as Lauren just mentioned, at 7 p.m. We also have a 2 o'clock matinee on Saturday afternoon. So two it's, opportunities. It's suitable for families. Yeah, Dance Like Well is open for everybody. That's not a, just an adults-only okay. show. That is open to everyone, all ages. Where do I pick pick up some tickets for this? You're going to go to the Whitney Center for the Arts box office, um, and you can pick up your tickets there. We do have theater festival tickets yeah. that will uh, allow you to do see both um, Lauren's production as well as the Dance Like Well and receive those drinks and like little appetizers in between. Or you can purchase separate tickets for just the theater production or just Dance Like Well. All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming in this morning. Stay warm out there. Yeah, you too. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Dan Alsop and Johnny Lott from Habitat for Humanity, the Eastern Bighorns. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Share. Parker Mellinger provides business advisory services tailored for you specifically to help your business become compliant, tax efficient, organized, and strategically aligned with your goals. Think of us as part of your team. You will rest more comfortably knowing that you are covering all your financial basis and making informed decisions. Contact us today at Harker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. What would Christmas be without tradition? Without the comfort of home, the joy of family, and the smiles of children? Sheridan Media welcomes you to open your heart this year during the 25th Annual Christmas Wish Campaign. Due to temporary circumstances beyond their control, some families, friends, and neighbors will struggle to make ends meet, let alone have a Merry Christmas. It is tradition for the Christmas Wish Campaign to bring the spirit of the holidays to those individuals. In the past, we have assisted several people with everything from bills to food, clothing, Christmas trees, and toys for children. Please send your Christmas Wish nomination and donations to P.O. Box 5086 Sheridan or submit them online at SheridanMedia.com as soon as possible. All wishes must be submitted in writing and must include your name and phone number. There are follow-up questions our committee will need to have answered to properly assess each wish. Wishes must be received by Friday, November 25th. Partners for this year's Christmas Wish Campaign are Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, and Wyoming Corporate Office. Is Wyoming Corporate Office your one-stop shop for everything you need for your Wyoming-based business, LLC, or corporation formulation? Yes. Service of process and mail forwarding services? Indeed. Fulfill the legal requirements for small businesses based in Wyoming? Absolutely. Wyoming Corporate Office provides the communication between your business and the state so you don't have to. Learn more by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com today. 
The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Is that pain in your shoulder keeping you up at night? Are you feeling numbness and tingling in your hand? Has your neck or back acted up coming off the mountain? Sheridan Ortho excels in the diagnosis, treatment, and surgery of the upper extremities and spine. The team of surgeons at Sheridan Ortho offer cutting-edge care in sports medicine as well, including minimally invasive procedures like hip arthroscopy and regenerative therapy. Sheridan Orthopedics serves the community with emergency care 24-7-365 and has for over 50 years. Some same-day appointments available. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. Joining me for the second part of the show this morning is Dan Alsop and Johnny Law from Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, how are things going down at Habitat? So far, so good. <laughs> Cranking away. We got a new building. I think last time we were on, uh, Christine and I talked a little bit about the new building and getting moved in, and that's coming along really well. So. That's, any any challenges that you guys have met along the way that yeah. you, you didn't foresee? Yeah, well, construction obviously gets a little little wild, so it's always kind of a map of trying to figure out where to spend the energy. Um, so that's been a huge part of the last really three and a half months now because we closed on the building August thirty first, um, and as soon as we got in there, we got cranking away working on getting the remodels set and ready to go. Um, but a lot of that took part with mapping out the idea and the concepts of what we wanted the building to look like. Yeah. I mean, did you guys have essentially just like a big open space? Um, yes, more or less on uh, part of the building. Part of the building was pretty much finished out um, where the restore is actually moving into. And a lot of those remodels and renovations are being completed this week. Um, that space was kind of an open slate. So we did do a little bit of demolition to try to make it a little bit more realistic and functional for a retail store. Um, but for the most part, that was an open slate. So we were able to get pretty crafty in there. Demolition. That's the, yes. that's the fun part. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> no. Taking the sledgehammers over there. Now, Dan, what do you do down at uh, Habitat? Uh, Floyd, I'm the uh, resource and development director and I manage uh, the volunteer group builds, uh, this is my 22nd day, so, you know, I'm, I'm an old hand at this now. <laughs> yep. Right, kinda, yeah. kind of jumped in midstream and drinking out of the firehouse, but it's, uh, I've, I've been work. I've helped Habitat out for probably 15 years, just followed them around, helping them with things, and now, uh, now I get to work there. It's kind of like a, a bucket list uh, job opportunity for me, so. How cool is great. that? You, you stuck around so long, they decided to pay you. Yeah, yep. yeah. If you volunteer long yep. enough, eventually you're not going away, and they'll pay us. <laughs> That's after, right. after 15, 16 years, they're like, you know what? Just give them a job. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Now, Johnny, what about you? What do you What do yeah. you do down there? Yeah, so at Habitat for Humanity, I'm the board chair. Um, so I get to help out a lot on some of the problem solving side of things with Christine. Um, I think one of the important things uh, is to be kind of a, a sounding board more or less, um, especially when you're taking things to the full board for Christine and I to kick around different ideas um, and try to figure out, you know, how do we present this in a way that streamlines problem solving? 
instead mm. of bringing a jumbled mess. Um, sometimes you bring a jumbled mess because that's just what you have to do. But for the most part, we try to figure out, you know, how do we break it down into uh, smaller bites? Yeah. Um, and then presenting that to the staff if, for Christine um, or for the board if we're bringing that to a whole board. I, I often speak with Christine in regards to these supply chain issues that mm-hmm. have really, you know, set back uh, habitat a little bit. Yep. What do those look like currently in, in today's situation? Yeah, well, honestly, um, that's a huge reason why we wanted to get into this building um, to try to remove some of those barriers. One of the huge barriers that we, ha- that we had before having this new space at 44 Fort Road is we didn't have a storage space for pre-purchased material. Um, so that was a huge problem. Because when we're building, I mean, right now we have seven partner families. So we have seven houses being built actively. Wow. Um, not having a place to store and pre-purchase material for those builds creates a little bit of a hurdle. Um, because those products, we either order them when they're needed and then they get delivered and they sit on site and you just work around them. Or now we have the capability to actually go out and pre-purchase. So that's one way we're kind of getting around some of that um, the issues with just the supply chain. I mean, so far the supply chain is going to do what the supply chain is going to do. And we're gonna have to work around that. Um, but this is one way that we're going about that. Now, what, what inspired you to devote your time to this organization? Yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, I think housing for me, I mean, obviously when you look at your house, it's a place of comfort, it's your retreat. Um, there's a lot of people out in this community that don't have that opportunity. So when I really broke down and looked at Habitat and when I was approached actually about joining the Habitat board, I already had some other commitments, but I spent some time really kind of breaking it down, thinking about it. And it, it became a very close issue to my heart. Um, if I did not buy my house, say, so I bought my house five years ago. If I didn't buy it five years ago, I would not be able to buy a house in this current market. Um, that's just the honest truth of it. So when, when you look at the mission of Habitat for Humanity and that's all about getting people into houses that, I mean, how can that not tug at your heartstrings? You know, absolutely. How can it not make you want to get involved now? Um, You're a business owner as well, right? So I, I run Luminous Rios. Yep. Now as a, as a business owner to a lot of individuals that are out there, uh, listening, you know, we've been talking about the housing market. We've been talking about, uh, you know, I I don't know if I would use the word crisis. I've heard it used before, but housing yeah. crisis here in Sheridan. From your point of view, we're building seven houses now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. To me, that's a lot. It is. How many more would you be able to build today if you had the funding, the manpower? That well, would be f- yeah. filled before we knew it. Yeah, that's a tricky question to answer because you're looking at a lot of forecasting out, right? Um, so when we look at the last housing cycle that we opened up, we actually had about 21 applications that came through of that. We had, uh, Oh, I think it was the six or seven that actually finally came to approval, went through and passed all of the, the, uh, interview process. Um, because when you are applying to become a habitat homeowner, you're actually applying just like you would for a mortgage. So you have to go through an approval process. You have to get all your documents and papers in order. Um, so it's a tricky question to answer from that standpoint, because you have to get people in the door and they have to get approved. Um, but at that same time, when you're talking about how can we make the most impact, the more money, 
the more people that we can hire. Uh, that's just the, the baseline of it. Yeah. You know, and when you're talking about building a house, the more hands you have, the quicker houses are able to get built, the more houses you're able to build at the same time. Are you getting a lot of volunteers? Um, oh yeah. Walking through the door? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think we had 4,000 hours of volunteers in the last 12 months. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So a lot of, a lot of folks want to jump in there yep. and, and lend a hand. Uh, mm-hmm. which is great to hear, especially like it's, especially after COVID, yep. there was a big slowdown and it almost seems like it takes a little bit of time to get everybody up and running. I don't have a lot of time le- with you left, but yeah. so let's talk about what was supposed to happen this Saturday, but had to be postponed. Yeah. So the restore, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are waiting and anxiously ready to come in and not only be a customer at the, the restore, but also to donate their products and uh, some other materials from their house. Um, so this Saturday, we were going to be looking at having a grand opening. There's just a few more pieces that we really need to get in line. Uh, one of those is that we have a new POS system that's going to make and streamline the checkout process overall way simpler. Um, that was one of the pain points at the the previous location for the restore is that it wasn't a super seamless. It was heavily frictionful um, for a checkout. So we've switched over to a new POS system that actually allows us to have a barcode on all the goods and materials that we have at the restore. So we're able to just scan those just like any other store. Nice. Um, so making sure that is running as seamless as possible, making sure all the staff are onboarding on that. That's been kind of our mission critical this week. Um, so be looking for, we will be doing a soft opening. Um, so be sure to check out the Habitat for Humanity Restore Facebook page. Um, and we'll, we'll also probably be getting some more material out on that as well. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now this the, with the Restore, anyone can shop there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for doors, cabinets, uh, any just about any kind of reconstruction or construction material. Yep. That's the kind of stuff that we're looking at. Yeah, and we also do have washers, dryers, um, dining room tables, chairs. I mean, there's quite a few things that that fit within the restore. And I think we'll actually, when you when you do come into the new restore, we will have a board that kind of shows the the acceptable items for the restore to get. Um, you know, one of the things that we're not really into that doesn't really fill what we're looking to do is like shirts and and some of that stuff like coats coats um, yeah there's a lot of other places for those to be donated obviously like salvation army um but yeah so that's that's gonna be exciting that way it really streamlines again uh, this whole thing is about streamlining obviously um so when you come into the the restore you'll be able to see exactly what you can bring in okay that's fantastic yep. and so the soft opening probably sometime within the next week week and a half most likely uh it better to be fully prepared yep. than anything else right exactly all right dan johnny i want to thank you both for coming in this morning greatly appreciate it we're going to be looking forward to the restore reopen awesome all thanks, right. Lloyd. thanks guys all right you've been listening to public pulse on 930 kroe 103.9 fm Sheridan.
Have you thought about when you'd like to retire? One of your major assets in planning for retirement is time. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. How should you plan for retirement? Start by calculating approximately how much capital you will need at retirement. Then estimate how much you will have to put away each year. Finally, carefully choose investments in which you will invest. This is Bernie Spielman, financial advisor at Steeple Investments. Call me at 672-3434. Steeple Investments, member SIPC and New York Stock Exchange. Winter is just around the corner. Is your home ready to keep you warm this winter so that your pipes don't freeze? Have you been putting off some plumbing or heating maintenance all summer long? If so, you need to call Wrap Plumbing and Heating to make sure that you are ready for the cold winter months that are approaching. Call 429-1196 today so that you're ready for tomorrow. Wrap Plumbing and Heating. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Dan Marshall here with Captain Clean. Your heating and cooling system are the lungs of your home or business, taking air in and breathing it out, directly affecting your indoor air quality. Normal day-to-day -day activity generates lots of contaminants and air pollutants such as dander, dust, and chemicals. Call today for your free HVAC cleaning estimate. It's 100% free, and nobody has the equipment or expertise to clean HVAC like we do. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. Does your home look like a bomb when Toffin's there? Is Maria, I mean your wife, telling you, come on, we've got to go. This place looks like a disaster. You want to run away, but you can't afford to because of a mortgage? Or the house looks like it's been through a war? Why your renovation is here to help? Devin will come to your rescue and save you from the impending doom. Why your renovation will make an offer on any home, no matter the condition. And you can walk away victorious. Learn more at whyourrenovation.com or on Facebook. Ready for lunch? Swing by Designing Dinner Sagewood North Cafe. Whether you're eating in or getting takeout, you'll enjoy soups made from scratch daily, including seafood bisque every Friday, original sandwiches like the tarragon chicken salad sandwich, or build your own. Finally, a full dessert menu with items you'll start to crave. Designing Dinner Sagewood North Cafe. Open weekdays from 11 to 3 for lunch and 9 to 5 for grab-and-go pickup. Find them on Facebook. How about a change in color and look for your home? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Our paint shop has so much to offer when it comes to painting. We have the latest in computer color matching with color choices or choose from over 2,000 colors in our color center. We are continuing our paint sale, so come on down and take advantage of the quality True Value and PPG paints. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Since 1892, open seven days a week. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan. KROE!